Welcome to the Sex Talk Cafe, a podcast where you'll get to learn from the experts in the field of sex, love, and relationships. The mission of the Sex Talk Cafe is to normalize the conversation on sexuality while building a bridge between the sexual and spiritual. I'm your host, Susan Morgan Taylor. I'm a holistic sex therapist, intuitive coach, and specialist in women's sexuality and feminine spirituality. I'm the founder and CEO of the Pathway to Pleasure Collective, where I help women and couples around the world restore intimacy, save their relationship, and get back to love without feeling like they have to sacrifice themselves just to keep their partner happy. Thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to the Sex Talk Cafe. My guest today here on the Sex Talk Cafe is Dr. Betty Martin. Dr. Betty Martin is the developer of the Wheel of Consent, and she's had her hands on people professionally for over 30 years. And she conceived of the Wheel through these touch interactions. She's a former chiropractor and is currently a sex and touch coach and certified cuddle party facilitator in Seattle, Washington. Betty also mentors and coaches other hands-on professionals in assessment tools, boundary and communication skills, and how to make their sessions safe, effective, and satisfying. She's the author of the book, The Art of Receiving and Giving, The Wheel of Consent, and the founder of The School of Consent. Betty's desire is to bring the concepts of consent and personal empowerment to as many humans as possible using the framework of The Wheel of Consent. Well, fantastic. Here we are. And I just want to welcome you, Betty Martin, to the Sex Talk Cafe. Thank you so much for being here today and for being my guest. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited. I've been wanting to have you on the show for quite a while. So, um, you know, I'm just so glad that the uh, the impetus really for me finally um, getting you here is I have it right here. This <gasps> copy of yes, that came out not too long ago. Yes, the art of receiving and giving. So I, I really want to dig into that with you today and um, just share with our listeners about your work that has really truly for me been, it's been life-changing okay. um, working with it really truly. It's just been one of the most practical and useful approaches that I've ever personally discovered, um, You know, not just for sex and intimacy, but for all of my relationships and all aspects of my life. Um, so, you know, I, I'm just really excited that you're here um, to share about your amazing work with the Wheel of Consent um, is kind of your main tool that's, or approach, yeah. I don't know what, what we want to call it, but um, that's what your book here is about, The Art of Receiving and Giving. So I just want to open the floor to you for a minute and just to tell us just a little bit about yourself and who you are and what you do, and then uh, we'll just kind of take it from there and, and dig into some of this juicy stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm... Uh... I live on an island near Washington. I'm a communitarian. I live in the community. Um, I'm a grandma, and I'm a former chiropractor. Uh, I spent 30-some years with my hands on people professionally in that way. And then in my mid-40s after divorce, I learned some, I went to some workshops on women's sexuality and kind of blew my little white picket fence mind. And I um, dove in there for a number of years with some cohorts practicing and exploring, experimenting with some more workshops, and really and it became kind of a spiritual path for me for a number of years. Yeah. And after some years of that, I realized I want to offer some of these experiences to other people if I can. And I already had a background in peer counseling and, of course, case 
management and client management, you know, so, so I closed my chiropractic office, I retired from that. And I opened up a new studio doing um, sacred intimate work is what I called it. And I didn't know what to call it. I mean, someone else coined that term. But it was really kind of coaching and um, through experience. So it's experiential coaching. So I would guide people into erotic experiences and support them and their support their ahas and their tears and their, um, yeah, a lot, lot of ahas. Beautiful. Yeah. And maybe just for our listeners who, who aren't familiar with the term sacred intimate work, can you describe what that is? Yes. It, it means I guide you and kind of hold your hand in, in um, erotic experiences. Mm-hmm. So you may be on the massage table. You may be receiving an erotic massage from me. We may be cuddling. We may be talking. We may be doing touch exercises. We may be doing communication exercises. We may be dancing. We may be doing breath work. So there's a lot of different possibilities but the, the central underlying piece is how can I support you to notice yourself better mm-hmm. and be more empowered in erotic experience? And I'm defining erotic very broadly. It's, yeah. not, just, it's not just sex or sticking something in somewhere. Right. It's, it's <laughs> what's your experience as a human being in a human body with this kind of arousal and What's it bring up for you emotionally, which is, if you're paying attention, usually quite a lot. Yeah. Um, And noticing what you want and asking for what you want and noticing what you're no to and saying no to that. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that kind of um, negotiation, that's a big part of it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Which I just have like a very wide range of what we might actually do. Yeah, but the intent is very clear. Sure, gosh, there's just like dozens of questions popping. Yeah. <laughs> like, where do I want to go? Where do I want to go? Let's oh, just open that up. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're like ready to roll now. Um, yeah, and I think first, what I want to what I want to start with here is um, you know this piece about experiential learning. So I'm a huge, huge, huge yeah. that, especially when it comes to sexuality. And as a you know, I'm in the field of licensed mental health, which is you know not terribly supportive of these experiences. Yeah, so I would I think, think not. It's so critical. I think it's so, so, so important. So I'd love to hear more just from your perspective around how is it different, you know, being able to hold a space where people can actually have an experiential learning versus when they're just sitting in a therapist chair talking about an experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Classic difference. I'd love to know more about your, well, your transition too. I mean, it sounds like you've yeah. in that realm. Well, I didn't have a mental health license. Oh, okay. So that helped. Yep. I had a chiropractic license, gotcha. which I gave up yeah. um, because you don't want to confuse these two true. projects. Very true. Yeah. So I, I gave up my chiropractic license and the, the sex work, the sacred intimate work, it's not licensed. It's, it's, it's marginally legal or it may be illegal. It's not really clear. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. uh, so I didn't have that to worry about. Mm-hmm. So that was fortunate in a way. But I did have an extensive background in what makes people tick and how to have feelings and what to do with feelings and how to support feelings. 
from 30 years of peer counseling, which yeah. is essentially taking turns listening to each other in ways that are helpful. Yeah. And, um, and sure, like, so you certainly had a lot of experience that you took in when you made this transition. And I think mm-hmm. I'm also wondering just for our listeners here is like, why, how can somebody benefit from this approach versus perhaps a less experiential or hands-on approach? Yeah, that's a great question. And I don't want to, I don't want to um, belittle the hands-off talking approach because that is exactly what a lot of people need, yeah. and and it's one approach of many. Sure. Um, with the hands-on approach, for example, I could ask someone, "How would you like me to touch you right now?" or "Would you like some touch?" and what kind of touch right now, just for a few minutes kind of a get acquainted kind of touch Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the most common what's asked pretty much everybody and the most common answer was uh deer in the headlights i have no idea no one's ever asked me that yes or which is understandable because most people haven't been asked that or um i don't have any idea what i want or well uh you could rub my shoulders i guess Mm -hmm which is maybe true, but it doesn't answer the question. That's right. a different question. Yeah. And so then people would note, then we would slow down. I, you know, talk about that. And what I noticed was that most people knew how to kind of be okay with something, but very few people knew how to notice what they actually do want. And that, confusion is at the root of a lot of yes I would, so I would, then so then the the person's having an experience of like oh uh i don't know and so then by having that experience they get to notice that's where they're stuck or that's where they're lost or that's where they're confused yeah and then we may progress to, you know, stroking each other's hands or arms or, you know, and experiencing some touch. And then they would notice, oh, I, I don't know how to ask for something different, or I don't know how to tell if it's for you or it's for me, or my gosh, I don't know how to touch you for my pleasure. I only know how to touch you the way I think I'm supposed to, but I don't know how to ask. And all those things which you might not notice if you weren't actually doing them. Sure. And then having the the somatic experience of, oh, this is what it feels like yeah. when I have the opportunity to choose what I want. Yeah. And that is huge for it most everybody. Tears, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Sure. It's yeah. remarkably profound. And, um, and so then, you know, from these experiences that you started having, these very experiential ways of working with your clients, you've developed this tool, which you call the wheel of consent, uh, which, again, has been absolutely life-changing for me. And it's very much a lens that I work through and see through as I interact with the world and also as I interact uh, in helping my clients with mm-hmm. challenges and intimacy and touch. And so I, I would love if you would just share with us a little bit about you know, like, what is the wheel of consent? How does that really create the safety to do this type of exploration that you're describing? Mm. 
That's a great question. Well, the Wheel of Consent is a, is a model, and it's also a practice, and it's based on the practice of a three-minute game, uh, which you can get a lot of detail about on my website. But it's essentially two people taking turns asking each other these two questions. How do you want me to touch you for three minutes? And how do you want to touch me for three minutes? So both of them, I'm asking you what you want. And then you get to say what you want. And then I get to decide if I'm okay with that. And I'm willing to give you that gift. And if you ask each other those two questions, you'll notice a couple things. You'll notice that you'll notice where it's hard. And you'll notice what may be easy here and hard here. And you notice that in two of those turns, I'm the one who's doing. Mm-hmm. And in two of those turns, it's for me. And two of those turns, it's for you. But they don't overlap. They cross. Mm-hmm. So I may be doing what you want to you. Or I may be doing what I want to you. Mm-hmm. And there's a very big difference. Right. And both of those, we need time in both of those. I call them quadrants because they overlap like this. Um, we need time in both of them. We just need to be able to tell the difference. Yeah. It can be a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. So the wheel of consent basically says there is a difference okay. between who's doing and who it's for. I can do what you want or I can do what I want. Big difference. Or you can do to me what I want or you can do to me what you want. Also a big difference. So this model is a method for helping people understand the difference and what that difference actually feels like experientially, not just intellectually, but as a lived experience, what it you know, how is it different if I'm doing something that I want where the gift is for me versus if yeah. I'm giving the gift to you and it's something that you want? Yes. Yeah. And it's just something that yeah, yeah. we just don't take time yeah. to figure this out. Like in day to day, we don't even consider many times that there's even, you know, especially the dynamic of I'm doing the doing, but it, the gift is for me, the uh, taking. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's hundreds. hard for most people. It is. And it's hard for people to wrap their heads around it. I notice a lot too, right? Like how yeah. Yeah. Why do you want to touch me for your pleasure? And it's like, wait a minute. Uh, what? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> but yeah. It's, yeah. So it, it's a a useful tool of illumination to have that yeah. lived experience. And what you're saying is that that's important um, because to have that level of clarity, to know who it's for and whether I'm giving or receiving, it creates a level of clarity and the clarity as I understand it is what creates what you'll call that the agreement is the consent mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that actually creates the safety so that we can sink fully into that experience of just yeah. just giving and that's where the pleasure lives is yeah that- yeah 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 the wheel of consent is a practice in taking receiving giving apart mm-hmm. okay it doesn't replace your life you don't want to take them apart at every of your life <laughs> You can hang out with a friend, take a walk, play. No one is giving, no one's receiving. You're just hanging out together. But the practice of taking them apart gives you the opportunity for experiences that you will find no other way 
Yeah. When I'm receiving a gift from you, it's all about me. And I have asked and you have said yes. And so we have an agreement. It's like you said, then I can really sink in and oh, drink it up. I'm not worried about you because we've already come to an agreement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's a, there's a, it feeds me in a way that hanging out together can't do. It's yeah. just a different experience. Sure. And in yeah. my, you know, in my experience, having gone through one of the um, courses that one of your teachers was teaching here in Austin, her name's River. If anyone's listening, she's fabulous in Austin, Texas. Um, she leads a wheel of consent workshop. And I had the great pleasure of being able to take that workshop with her a couple of times. And I, you know, there was just so many aha experiences that came out of that yeah. I just never would have gotten otherwise. And just, I want to give an example of that because I think it'll be helpful for our listeners. Right. Yeah. You know, there's you know, yeah. a couple of things I noticed about myself was as a licensed massage therapist, that was my first career. I actually had quite a hard time being in the giving role. Mm-hmm. Like actually mm-hmm. when, when someone requested something of me, uh, it was very hard for me um, in part because I had spent so much time in it working in day spas where you don't get to, say, no, I'm at my limit, right? We have, mm-hmm. you have to give and give and give. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, yeah. it was so empowering to be able to have the experience when I was in the giving role of being able to be like, it was really hard to do, but to honor my limit of like, I, I'm not willing to give anymore, like just to be able to yeah. and so scary, yeah. like just such yeah. huge growth to yeah. have that noticing, yeah. right? And yeah. Yeah. Feelings, right? there's certain resentment around giving that I mm-hmm. have that and so you get to work through through those pieces mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in a broader perspective as well you know one of the ways the wheel has also impacted my life um there was also noticing around being in um the dynamic of taking and allowing i'm sure we'll get into this hopefully mm-hmm. in a shadow aspects of each of these but noticing in my one of my relation well my relationship with my ex-husband in fact that i had been in that shadow side of allowing of like not holding mm-hmm. my boundaries and so there was this long pattern long-standing dynamic between us where he would take and i would just sort of be like well, what throw my hands what can i do yeah. you know yeah. what i learned to do was to speak up and set boundaries and set limits yeah. and, and like right like this is how who knew <laughs> so it was just it was just so impactful because i had an opportunity to really um show up in a very different way inside that relationship and it ended up shifting the relationship yeah just by me learning that and not being on that shadow aspect yeah. Allowing, yeah. right yeah yeah so anyway that's just yeah know, i want to share that that um yeah, it's just very powerful work, and it's very, very nuanced, right, as well. And I think that um, that's the challenge that I've sometimes seen as I see, you know, as I share your work with others. You know, sometimes I think we get stuck in, like, well, there was nothing in that for me. You know, great, I got a hand massage out of it, right? Like, and I'm just – I know you run into that, or people perhaps thinking they're more advanced than than this, right? Like, let's move on to this. Let's get on to this. Why am I just touching the hand or the forearm, right? Right, Uh, right. Get anything out of it. And just curious, like what you're, how do you coach your clients through that when they're kind of in that headspace or not really, it seems like there's a block there or something to me. I know I always get kind of sad when I hear they're disappointed or frustrated. (laughs) Yeah. Well, first of all, that's the stories that you just told are great examples of how it's helpful to have a somatic experience instead of talking about it. Because we could talk about that all day. 
Totally. But when you had an experience, oh my gosh, then you, oh my, that sinks it, you know, then you get it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It would. So, yeah, I'm too advanced for this. <laughs> I've heard that a few times. <laughs> I know you have. <laughs> and I always laugh at it because if you say that, it's, it's um, a big, it's the sign that it hasn't clicked for you yet, that you're not here yet. Yep. Yeah. It's like, it's, yeah, it's the sign that you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I, and I hear it most from like Tantra teachers and people, you know, um, people who are allegedly very sexually experienced. Yes. Right. Um, and it's a couple of problems with it. One is that say in a workshop, for example, it doesn't involve any um, genital touch. So mate in your clothes. So we may be looking a hand and an arm, for example. And someone says, well, you know, I'm just not enjoying it very much. Implying that if it were my, I'd be enjoying a lot more, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe. But if you can't be present for this sensation, then you're not advanced. Right. You're just genitally focused. There you, you go. Know? I love it. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> advanced means you're able to attend to your sensation and really sink into it. And you're okay with whatever feelings come up. You're able to attend to the feelings that come up. Yeah. That's what advanced means. Uh, you're able to be completely where you are and, uh, and enjoy that. Yeah. And change it if, it if it's something different you want. You know, you may be, well, you know, he's massaging my hand, but it's not the way I like it. So I'm like, yeah. well, then for God's sake, change it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, what is it that you do like? And ask for that, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and also the problem is that the implication is that this is, for beginners and genitals means advanced Mm. that implies that there's a line that you go from here to here to here to here to here and the apex is the genitals but that's really not true that is so not true i agree with that and let me ask you to clarify that then because when we start this work using the wheel and actually having the experience of it it starts out as non-sexual not not, no breast no sexual type yeah Yeah. so um yeah, explain that then, right? If it's all technically equal, but yet we don't yeah. go straight to sexual touch right away. Why is that? That's because the the purpose of the wheel of consent and the purpose of like going to a workshop in the wheel of consent is so that you can experience each of the four quadrants. That's the only purpose of the workshop. Yeah. And you get some understanding along the way, but it's not about the theory. Mm-hmm. It's about experiencing each of the four quadrants. Yep. And because it's so new and we're, we're sort of creating new neural pathways here. If you include sexual touch, um, which, you know, is kind of broadly defined, but if you're trying to get turned on or you're trying to get someone else turned on or you including your genitals, for example, you you're not going to find the four quadrants because they're hard to find that way. That's the only reason. 
And they're hard to it's find. It's just that. I've noticed they're hard to find that way. They're hard to find that way, the way I understand it, and correct me if there's a better way to explain this, but it, it, they're hard to find that way because we bring in so much of our conditioning. Oh, yeah. And then it's harder, Absolutely. like 10 times harder to That's right. or ask for something different. Okay. That's yeah. right. Yeah. 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 Well, That's I, right. I, we bring in more habits and assumptions and anxiety and confusion and, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that could segue nicely into this other question I have for you is really about this deconditioning that uh, the Wheel of Consent really helps us do. You know, we have a lot of social conditioning around touch, around just touch in general, not even a like mm-hmm. sexual touch, but certainly when it comes to sex, all our baggage is brought in. Um, and, and Yeah. <laughs> really <laughs> resolving that. Let's talk about that for a minute of how the wheel can help us to uh, deprogram ourselves from this, uh, the negative impacts of our conditioning, yeah. social conditioning, religious conditioning. I think the f- it, it, it does that, as do many other practices. It's not unique in that. But it does that by uh, slowing down and noticing what your experience is. Um, it's like I said earlier when I asked someone how they want me to touch them. I, I don't know. Well, it gives you an opportunity to notice where you're confused or where you're stuck or where you're lost or where you're scared or where you're uncomfortable or where you're very comfortable. So by taking it down to really simple, I mean, there's no more fundamental question than how do you want me to touch you? Right. That is really a very simple question. It's just that we don't. It's so, like and the fact that it's so simple yeah. is what brings up all our stuff. Right. Uh, yeah. So I think, first of all, and answer your question, it's, it's by helping us notice what those programming and that patterns are. Yes. Because they'll, will come up, guaranteed. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and then I, think, I guess the resolution, once we notice them, then the way we resolve those is through making a different choice, or, mm-hmm. right? Like having a new response or, mm-hmm. I mean, would that be accurate? Yeah, I think it would be more just noticing, oh, this is where I'm stuck. Uh-huh. This is where I'm confused. Uh-huh. And be patient with yourself and kind to yourself because you are not broken. Mm-hmm. You're, you have the same garbage heaped on you about your choice and sexuality else that the rest of us do. So it's not that you're broken. It's that we didn't learn this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. One teaches. So, so I think just the first part is noticing it and being okay with it. And then the, the, the act of noticing it will bring more awareness and you'll naturally make other choices and you'll naturally notice, oh, this is a place in my life where uh-huh. I also don't act. Wow. Oh, shit. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Kind of like the story I shared about like, oh, wow. Yeah. That. yeah. <laughs> Look what I'm creating there. Yeah. 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 And then you can't help but notice it in your life. Exactly. Every yeah. time it shows up, which is why yeah. I love this um, model of learning and experience. Yeah. 
Um, my other question for you, which I thought is really notable, and I think this is rel very relevant. Uh, I think we'll have some good talk about this. The, the title of your book, mm -hmm. The Art of Receiving and Giving. Let's talk about why you chose to have the word receiving put before giving, because a lot of times we think <laughs> giving and receiving, right? We rarely yeah. hear those two words put together that way, receiving and giving. Let's talk about why that is. I'm sure there's a reason. <laughs> You're, sharp. You're sharp. You're <laughs> sharp. It's because when you hear the words give and receive, chances are in your mind you think doing and being done to. And this book is not about that. Um, if, you, if, you if you think of the word receive, for example, there's two kind of ways to use it. You can use it to mean I receive means something comes toward me, something happens to me, something arrives at me. I can receive a, a kiss. I can receive a gift. I can receive a compliment. I can receive a pass to the 20-yard line. I can receive a punch in the jaw. It doesn't mean I want it. It just means it arrives. Mm -hmm. so that's one use of the word receive. Okay. A different use of the word receive is receiving a gift. Mm -hmm. This is something that I do want. But there's a problem with that because it may be that what I want is for you to caress me. It may be that what I want is to get my hands up your shirt, mm -hmm. in which case I'm the one who's doing. So how do you fit those two together? So one use of the word receive means it happens to me whether I like it or not. Huh. A different use of the word receive means it's for me, mm -hmm. but I may be done to, I may be doing. Mm -hmm. So it's not about it happens to me. It's a, the, I get the gift of being allowed to do what I want to mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. So now you have two words, I mean, the same word, two very different meanings, which sometimes match up and sometimes don't. Mm -hmm. And so most people, when they hear the word receive, the image that's conjured up is that they're being done to. Uh -huh, right. Whether they like it or not. Yeah. So, um, so if you say giving and receiving, I imagine that most people think of doing and uh -huh. being done to. Right. But this is about who the gift is for. Yeah, and that's such an important distinction, right? To, to tell, am right. I going to receive it? Well, who is it for? Who's the touch actually for right now? So yeah. For you, what's actually happening here? And that's yeah. part of the clarity, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, you also talk a lot in your book and in your work about um, really this necessity of restoring our capacity for that direct pleasure, right? Mm -hmm. Pleasure being our capacity to receive sensation directly through our nerve endings and our hands mm -hmm. and right mm -hmm. the body up to the brain um, versus indirect pleasure. Just for our listeners, indirect pleasure when you're seeing somebody else in pleasure and kind of getting pleasure from seeing somebody else in pleasure. Mm -hmm. Is that capacity that we have to experience sensation directly through our bodies, directly to our brain. And so you talk mm -hmm. a lot about the necessity of that capacity being restored or awakened mm -hmm. where we're really going to be able to um, access that capacity to receive, mm -hmm. even mm -hmm. give, really. Yeah, yeah. 
Let's speak to that. Yeah. yeah. There's, as you define direct pleasure, that's right. It comes in through your sensation, maybe eyes, ears, mouth, whatever. But it's direct into the body. And there's also vicarious pleasure where I can see you dancing, having a good time, and it feels good to me. That's great. The indirect pleasure that I'm talking about is kind of more specific. It means I do something to you so that I get the response that I want. Mm -hmm. This came about because as I was teaching people how to touch for their own pleasure, and sometimes I was using me, you know, I was in with them. And, and what they would say is, but giving you pleasure is what gives me yeah, pleasure. I hear that a lot too. Which then I thought, oh, they're talking about a different kind of pleasure. And then I realized, oh, I'm talking about the pleasure in your hands, the pleasure in your skin. And they're talking about something else. It's like a different route. It's like it goes out behind the barn and comes around again. <laughs> Um, that I do something to you so that I get the response and then your response gives me pleasure, mm-hmm. which, is, which is lovely and can be very problematic. Yeah, let's talk about that. I agree. I think that's a mm-hmm. base of a lot of problems that many couples have in intimacy. Yep. And so let's yep. talk about why that is. If I'm doing something to my partner because I'm trying to get a certain response so that I can experience my pleasure. And let's say my partner doesn't have the response I'm trying to get them to have. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've been on both sides of that. I yeah. don't recommend That's either one. Sure. On, on yeah. The other person yeah. have to produce the results. Yeah. If they don't, then they feel bad or inadequate or right. enough. And, right. and then it also creates, you know, the person trying to produce the result and, you know, their pleasure is so dependent on getting that, that then they're not getting there. Like, nobody's winning. Right. No, that's right. Nobody's winning. Yeah. And so it, it's, it's one thing to take genuine joy in your partner's joy. Of course, that's good. And of course, that's important. What we're talking about is using you and your response to feed me. Right. Yeah. In which case, if you're not responding the way I want, then I have to do it harder and faster and something. Right. I just get, you know, got to get you going. Yeah. And so learning how, you know, I think one of the value values or <laughs> gifts of learning how to be in each of these different dynamics, right, being in each of the quadrants, is that we can free ourselves from that. Yes. The gift of Absolutely. the experiential work can show us how to get out of that so that we yeah. can learn to experience pleasure just through our bodies as well yeah. as you know, the vicarious pleasures you call yeah. it that's great but when we don't have access to the direct pleasure it creates a lot of challenges and problems in relationships so this mm-hmm. method as you call it the wheel of consent is a a way to um it's the way out it's a pathway into mm-hmm. clarity so that you can yeah. both experience pleasure yeah yeah beautiful. Yeah. yeah absolutely uh, you have done your homework girl Thank you. I have. <laughs> like I said, I'm a big fan of your work. And uh, yeah, this the Wheel of Consent. Really, it's truly become a lens that I really operate through in my yeah. work and just my own life and relationships. So it's been truly life-changing. And yeah, yeah it's very, very nuanced as well. Right? So um, 
you know, just for those listening, if you do decide to check out Betty Martin's book, which I highly recommend you do, it's The Art of Receiving and Giving. And Betty, um, your website is bettymartin.org. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Um, great videos on that website too, by the way, everybody. Um, but yeah, I've just found that it is truly very nuanced. And so just being able to, um, you know, just, just go in and open to the experience, right? Like maybe don't even look for something earth shattering to happen. You know, I know the way that I talk, I'm like, I'm so excited about it. it's changed my life. It really has. But, you know, at the outset, it's not that way for everybody. And I think like what you said earlier, Betty, we just just show up for the experience and be gentle. Mm-hmm. And we have mm-hmm. a lot that we're confronting when we really mm-hmm. start to go into the body and we start talking about sure. desire and, and consent and pleasure and, you know, all those things. Even, you know, for some people, it doesn't even feel pleasurable. It just doesn't feel like anything. So I think we yeah. have to be careful around the yeah. word pleasure even. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I've heard people say it's nuanced. And I'm curious what that means to you, because I'm not really sure what it means. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, I'd be happy to clarify what that means to me is that there's many layers. There's sort of the gross Mm. layer of like this experience is happening. I'm going through the movements. This more subtle layers for me are kind of like those little noticings. Mm. very very subtle the things that for me became illuminated that i don't think otherwise would have where Mm. because it's so experiential i come right up against okay this you know this person's giving me a hand massage right now and i really wish they were on the other side of my body it's for me in this case Mm -hmm. and i really wish they were sitting on the other side of me but ah, there's only like two minutes left so i'm just gonna it's not a big deal And, and then going oh wait a minute this is for me. Like I'm, I get to want what I want. And the skill yes. of being in that um, accepting quadrant is yeah. about asking and speaking up, even when it's hard. So yeah. having that level of noticing is like, Oh my God, uh, when you're yeah. in this battle, what should I do? And then, you know, and then the, the deeper level to that for me, the more nuance to that is like, wow, all the areas in my life outside of this three little minutes where I'm showing up like that in how oh, yeah. my capacity yeah. For joy and for, yeah. oh, for pleasure and these just yeah. little things. So that's yeah. what I mean by nuance is that I think there's mm. many layers and they can sometimes be extremely subtle. And mm-hmm. I think what you said that slowing down and, and expanding our capacity for noticing what's happening, that's the doorway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree. That's really, that's what's proven to be the key over and over again. Yeah. Just slow the fuck down. <laughs> and just let yourself notice what you notice but that's hard to do thank you for that description i appreciate it that's hard to do because feelings come up yeah and maybe tears come up and confusion and shame oh shame will come up big time and so if you don't have an inner resource on what to do with feelings that come up, then it's going to, that's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we all have a varied degree of that and various different feelings. So of course we do. Um, but yeah, it, it, the stuff's going to come up. Yeah. And that's kind of the point of it, right? We want it to, yeah. so that we yeah. start to, you know, how I look at it is we can, expand our capacity for sensation or mm-hmm. let's call dare I say pleasure mm-hmm. um, we expand our capacity to be able to receive more deeper mm-hmm. and deeper receiving 
And, and even finding, you know, for me, it was also about finding the joy in the giving. Because of my mm-hmm. massage, it just wasn't joyful for me in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. So that was hard to undo. But but eventually being able to, once I could honor my own limits on that, and I was strong in that, then it actually, the giving became joyful for me. I got pleasure just from yeah. being in the yeah. serving quadrant. Yeah. Absolutely. Taking Absolutely. But <laughs> um, well, let's talk for a minute about consent. So it's called the wheel of consent. And I, you know, I like the way that you describe consent in your book is really, it's about a negotiation and negotiating mm-hmm. Experience or an agreement that that actually is consent. And I think that's different than how we, when we hear the word consent, especially in this day and age, you know, we just consent is either a yes or a no, but what mm-hmm. you teach it, it's actually broader than that. So I'd love to just chat about that a little bit, this idea of consent uh, yeah. in your work. And <laughs> it's a more expanded and I think opens up a yeah. lot of opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the, public conversation that's going on about consent these days and all the different ways to look at it and nuances and it's just really terrific um the i I started calling it the wheel of consent because it was easier than saying the wheel of agreement but really it would be more accurately described as the wheel of agreement okay um and then I, then after a while, I looked consent up in the dictionary because I thought, well, I, you know, I'm teaching this stuff. I should find out what it means. <laughs> and it essentially says consent is agreeing to what somebody else wants. So it's I, I consent to let you do this to me. I give you permission, or I consent to do this thing for you, which is all about a yes. Uh, uh, it's about saying yes to what somebody else wants. Okay. Which is a very important skill. You're saying no, right? And it's not the whole skill. Yeah. You know, what about asking for what you want? Um, what about having a conversation about what is it that interests you both so that you can both jump in and really have a good time? Mm-hmm. So, so consent it really should be called the wheel of agreement, but it's too hard to say, and it's too late now. So it's the wheel of out there in the world. You already have a whole book written on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, but, it, I, but it's true. I, I would, I, I vote to expand, um, expand the sort of conversation about it. And many people are, I mean, yeah. I'm certainly not the only one. Well, and that we don't really have, uh, access, you know, our yes is really not valid unless we have access to our no. I know mm-hmm. the part of that's right as well, which I've experientially begun to learn as I've yeah. been in the three-minute game and engaged yeah. the wheel. You know, until we really have access to our no, our yes really doesn't hold much that's weight. That's right. That's right. And I think that that's a, you know, how would you describe in your work how you help people discern the difference between a yes and a no? By slowing down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And bringing it back to body awareness. So, for example, with a client or in a workshop, I might say, okay, just pause here and note how a yes feels in your body. Just say the word yes. What do you feel in your body? What, is it, what do you feel in your gut, your chest, your back, your knees, like whatever? What are the sensations that arise uh-huh. in your body? when you say the word yes and the same thing when you say the word no and noticing oh when i say the word no i feel like this my 
stomach gets tight, I, you know. So it's bringing it back to sensation in the body is what the key is. And then we might practice and saying yes, no, and being in. At each step, it's coming back to noticing, oh, this is what that feels like in my body. And you going through that all day, every day, it's just that you don't usually notice it. Mm -hmm. Now we're slowing it down enough so you can notice it. And you can notice, oh, this is what a yes feels like. Oh, yeah, this feels great. Mm -hmm. Now you have a a reference point for what yes feels like in your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and if you're playing the three-minute game, playing the Wheel of Consent with a partner or a practice buddy or a friend, you know, it, it's not going to be perhaps you, you may not slow down enough to be that kind of therapeutic, you know, like you would in a session or a workshop. But you can slow down enough to notice something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure, something. <laughs> There's yeah. always something happening, even yeah. if it's nothing, right? Like, yeah. I always yeah. say that to my clients, like, well, nothing is something that you notice. Yeah. Numbness is something. Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of taking it back to, like, you know, what you said, like, the conversation on consent out there in the world. Yeah, I would love to kind of broaden our conversation here for the little bit of time we have left. Mm-hmm. This. You know, I think especially in these times right now, there's certainly a lot of um, – a lot of conversation around consent, like in many different domains. Um, you know, we don't necessarily have to pick any one domain in particular, but I would just love to get your thoughts on that sort of in the greater world of how these principles apply around consent. And, and perhaps when does this idea of consent, you know, you have a choice, but then it really becomes coercion, right? right? Like there's punishment for, for saying no, for example, mm-hmm. or it's sure. Yes, and let's yeah. just talk a little bit. I mean, maybe that even takes us into this idea of the shadow mm-hmm. sides of some of this, which that might yeah. be what we can get into today. But yeah, I just would love to kind of get your input on where does your headspace go when you kind of look at the world and through the lens of Wheel of Consent and your work? How does this all play out? And what are you seeing and experiencing, noticing and feeling? Well, when I look out into the world, my heart is very heavy. Mm-hmm. For a number of reasons. One is that we've never really been very good at consent with human beings. Like we beat each other up and drop bombs on each other since the beginning of time, apparently, and, you know, enslaved each other and, uh, you know, just and killed each other off. And I mean, we've done horrible, horrible things without consent. So yeah, there's that. <laughs> and there's also, I mean, I, I love that this conversation is coming up more because we're now asking, people are now asking, wait a minute, what the fuck was that? Like, you know, you grabbed my ass. Well, you know, 20 years ago, you probably could have gotten away with it, but you can't get away with it now, which is a good thing. Yeah. Um, so, and I think this applies to a lot of the, um, uh, racial unrest and reckoning that's coming up for uh, for us white folks to notice well, we've been doing a lot of things without consent and it's time to notice 
what we're doing and to change that. Um, and coercion is, is an example too of, well, I, I, I don't really want to do this, but I'm afraid if I don't do it, then I'll get in trouble, I'll get hit or I'll get thrown out on the street. And if your living situation is precarious, you could end up on the street. Well, nobody wants that. So then you have to measure, am I going to say yes? You know, I mean, well, yeah, and I would sad, say, but that's really, that's the case for many people. And I, I think mean, we have to recognize that right now at the time of this recording, I would say almost all of our lives are in a situation like that mm -hmm. to some degree, given the current yeah. state of affairs of what's happening in the world. Yeah. We're all yeah. faced with, this very exact situation. Yeah. 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 And, you know, Exxon knew in 1977, was it, or 1988, that, that what they were doing was causing global warming, and did they stop? No. Nope. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a pretty big shadow. And did we consent to that? Yeah, I don't think so. You know, so it's, yeah, it, it's a, it, Talking about consent in whole social terms is very complex. And I don't claim to have any answers. Right. What I do know is that when you play this practice, it becomes clear in your body. Yes. And then you can see things differently. Right. That I know. And I think, that, yeah, I think that's what it all comes back to is back to uh, the individual, right? Our capacity to stand firm in our yes or our no, mm -hmm. even in mm -hmm. the face of mm -hmm. the dark shadows of, you know, mm -hmm. being on the shadow side of taking where things are being forced upon us and we're being coerced. Mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. You know, if we're strong and we've worked with these principles, then we know how to do that. Whereas if... Mm -hmm we don't yeah. then we don't and yeah you know, we're we're not as strong and potentially yeah. victimized in a sense yeah 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 it's it's a very very big subject when you look on the bigger picture side of it and yeah you know, I, I don't have answers except do this practice yeah learn it in your body and then see what you see I totally and then come back and let me know. Get out there in the world. Show up differently. You know, that's yeah. that's what I think is we have to learn to show up differently inside of what's happening out there, you know. Um, so I think that that's maybe the takeaway message. We can't solve the problems of the world, but we can learn these skills within ourselves mm -hmm. to see mm -hmm. the truth of what what's happening and to be able to show up differently. And mm -hmm. Yeah. Really all, all we can do at the end of the day in a lot of ways. Yeah. Ah, beautiful. Yeah. Well, um, tell our listeners where they can find you if you have any um, resources available to them or any events, workshops coming up that you'd like to share. Tell us how we can get in touch with you. Great. Well, BettyMartin.org and WheelOfConsentBook.com. That's the main thing. Um, I'm teaching mostly practitioners these days. But a lot of my colleagues and students are teaching uh, workshops like you went to with River in Austin. And those can be found on schoolofconsent.org. And all these websites link to the others. So if you find one, you'll find the others. All right, good. Um, and you can download a free chapter from the book at that website, uh, school of, I mean, um, wheelofconsentbook.com. You can download a free chapter. 
Beautiful. See if you like it. Um, and on there, we also post occasional book readings and salons and um, many workshops and things that you can also find those there. Lovely. So just to reiterate that, it's bettymartin.org, wheelofconsentbook.com. Mm -hmm. and schoolofconsent.org. So any mm -hmm. of those will take you to uh, all of Betty's. They all link. Uh, you can find all of Betty's awesome stuff there. I particularly personally really love your video resources on bettymartin.org. I find those very helpful. Oh, yeah. Yes. Eight hours of free video on there. Is it eight, okay. that many? Yeah, I refer yeah. to a client there. Yeah. It's like eight hours. I'm like, well, just watch like the first three. Yeah, it's like they're in very short segments. <laughs> short, short, yeah. like, I never realized it was that much. Like just like the first. Yeah. Few. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, many helpful resources, and it's just really neat to see that your work is growing and that you're training these professionals in this approach. You know, getting this work out there. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So listeners, please uh, look Betty up. Uh, check out her book. I, I think it's wonderful. And uh, find a practitioner in your area. Support this work. Learn it. It will change your life, it will change your relationship. Um, that much I know if you truly just show up for the experience and just get curious. Curiosity is really just the best quality I think that we can bring mm -hmm. to life in general and particularly when we're working with these challenging areas yeah. um, that we talked about here today. So I definitely encourage all of our listeners to, um, yeah, if this piqued your interest at all, please um, seek Betty's resources out, seek Betty out, seek out her uh, certified teachers and um, and have fun with uh, learning this work. Yeah. So thank you so much, Betty, for being here with me today on the Sex Talk Cafe. It's been lovely to have you. You are very welcome, and thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me today for the Sex Talk Cafe. Please be sure to show your support by subscribing to this podcast and sharing it with your friends. To keep in the loop on future events and happenings, and to grab your copy of our free ebook, The Pleasure Keys, Seven Secrets to Feminine Sexual Fulfillment, visit us online at pathwaytopleasure.com.